shadow, John told her over his shoulder. Neither one nor the other. Not winter, not spring, not much of anything save waiting. Yes, Catherine replied slowly, thinking about the symbolism of his words. The last snow had been only four days past, and the gathering clouds suggested that they might have yet more. But the in-between days were warm enough for them to walk over bare earth, brown and thawing. Like the weather, her father was waiting, too, for spring, the one in a far better place. Catherine blinked quickly against the tears, and said as evenly as she could, "'I have decided to alert Anne and Nicole to their father's condition.' Father John rounded the corner of the cottage and carefully aimed toward the shed by the rear fence. Formerly, this had been where Andrew had carried on his leather working, but his poor health had kept him away for over a year. John now leaned against the shed door to catch his breath. He eyed the clouds, the patches of snow upon the northern hills, the tangle of bare branches in the forest to the west, anywhere but into his daughter's face. It is a thing that needs doing, he finally said. I hate to worry them over nothing, Catherine argued, more with herself than her father's statement. You'd never forgive yourself if you left it until too late. He now did look directly into her eyes, and she could see the truth she did not want to acknowledge. She opened her mouth to object, to say that Andrew was certainly not as bad as all that but Father John's gaze held the calm of one who himself was approaching that final door with confidence about what awaited him on the other side. He repeated softly, It needs doing. The young women need to hear this from you, and hear it now, not after. He let her finish the hard statement herself. She used her apron's edge to wipe her eyes and took a deep, shaky breath. The fact was she had not wanted to write her daughters because it would mean putting the truth into words she had long attempted to avoid. Andrew's tools stood in careful array along the sidewall. It seemed as though he had been there only yesterday and not left them untouched these many months. Only a strip of leather upon the workbench, curling and drying with age, indicated how long it had been. Catherine helped her father pry open the back shutters. She had no need of palaces nor fancy frocks, not even for a life where music and fine dinners were a part of her days. All she wanted was what she had here, she reflected as she gazed out the open window. Her cottage, her god, her life, and her husband. Her heart was gripped with a fear like none she had ever known. Andrew might indeed be taken from her. And soon. And she must write those letters. Help me here, would you, daughter? John Price waited for her to join him before shifting a saddle off a pile of ancient army blankets. They both coughed as the blankets were lifted and folded and set aside. When they arrived at the bottom item, her father cried, Just where I thought it was, after all this time. It took Catherine a moment to recognize his old campaign chest. Yes, daughter, not seen these many years.
left here when you and Andrew and I first moved to Georgetown. I have not touched it since. John Price fiddled in his waistcoat and extracted a rusty key. But I found the key and the chest both without a moment's hesitation. There's a bit of life in this old codger yet. Catherine smiled and shook her head at him. She turned again to the chest. The seal of her father's old regiment and his final rank of major were stamped in chipped gold leaf upon the top. John Price required both hands to turn the key, but it finally gave, and together they cracked open the top. Inside were things she had last seen when packing for the move that had brought them here. Normally the memories associated with that tragic time— the remembered shame of Andrew having been drummed out of his regiment for aiding the French during the Acadian expulsion would have been something else to avoid.